one of the things I was praying over uh, was in the book of Ezekiel. It's a passage of scripture or uh, the area of Ezekiel 36, 37, that sort of area that uh, is one of the cornerstone foundations of what Bulldozer Faith's mission is here in the land of Israel. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. We are on day four of, are we on day four or are we on day five? No, we're on day four. Yeah, day four counting down 40 days. Hallelujah. Proclaiming the promises of Yehovah. You know, we talked yesterday about the importance of what it truly means to set time aside in preparation. It doesn't matter if it's a three-day fast, you know, a seven-day fast, 21 days, 28, 40 days, or if we are diligently seeking the face of the Father to bring breakthrough and transformation and really to see his kingdom established. You know, what is driving, uh, what's driving me in my spirit in these days is to see his kingdom come and his will done. This is the hour for us to see incredible signs and wonders and miracles. It is time for transformation in the Ruach HaKodesh. And, you know, we are uh, in a world right now that is in the scales, you know. Are we going to see uh, disasters? Are we going to see civil wars? Are we going to uh, have uh, wars in the Middle East and you know, or all of the above, natural disasters as well. What type of things are we facing? What type of preparation um, should we be applying to our lives? How should we be living? You know, I was just thinking, you know, when when the enemy thinks that he is attacking us to pull us down, all he's doing is fueling us to overcome. You know, you can't get your sailboat to move unless the wind comes and uh, I've chosen the title tonight it's uh, uh, called prophesy to the breath and that's in Ezekiel chapter 37 Um, but we're going to talk a little bit on 36 and 37 that's really what we're going to be looking at this evening we want to bring forth salvation and deliverance and salvation is not just something that happens uh, you know I prayed the prayer I'm saved You know, let me tell you something. You know, if you're living in this world, you're going to experience persecution. Uh, There's going to be troubles, you know, not a trouble. I love what Yeshua says. You know, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough troubles (laughs) multiplied of its own. So focus on today by doing what? Seeking first the kingdom of Yehovah and his righteousness. So we've got to stand upon his promises. So we've got... Maria joining us as well in Canada. We've got Joshua, Yehoshua, good to see you in Arizona. We've got Brandon in South Carolina. Hey, Brandon, good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Thanks for joining with us. And, uh, you know, our focus is to be prepared in the spirit. We can be so caught up with the news. We can be so caught up with, uh, you know, everything that's 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 going on from the, the media. And we all know that's not where we need to get our source from. We need to be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and walking in the spirit. So let's just take a moment to pray this Sabbath. And um, then we're just going to uh, start sharing the scriptures here tonight. 
Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for Sabbath, that we can enter into your rest. Oh, we worship you for the blessing of rest, of knowing that we have come to the end of the week. We have done all the things that we have uh, sought to do. And, you know, there's always a list at the end of the week of all the things that we haven't completed uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I never really get to the end of the week and have my uh, lists completed. You know, <laughs> There's always stuff to do. But what do we have with Friday? It's preparation day. And what we do is we prepare for the wind down to say, OK, let's deal with what is important. The other stuff, you're just going to have to wait. Or we cast it on to Yehovah and we say, Father, we're going to enter into your rest. We give this to you so that we are not going to be carrying burdens and weights that we're not called to carry, so that we can come into this Sabbath and just truly rest in the presence of Yehovah. So that's what I do as I come into the Sabbath. I rejoice at what the Father has done. I lay things down before his feet. And, you know, what do we learn about this, um, the importance of Sabbath? But, you know, we also learn that we can lay things down at his feet on an ongoing basis because we have created the habit of honoring Yehovah. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. As we do this, not sun worship day, but the Sabbath, you know, we will see the Father honor us. And let me tell you something, it will be easier to release your burdens to Yehovah because he cares for you. Well, oh, brother, that sounds like weakness to me. You've got to cast all your cares on Yehovah. No, it's not weakness. I just understand who I am in the kingdom, and I understand how the kingdom functions. And that's, the, our, that's our goal in reading the scriptures, is to understand the gospel that Yeshua brought. It's the gospel of the kingdom. So it's not just lift your hand, pray the prayer, everything's going to be okay. Now you can go live like hell and it'll be all right because you're under sloppy grace. <laughs> You've got grace. You know, you don't have to obey the instructions of Yehovah. When Yeshua clearly said in John chapter 15, if you love me, obey my commands. And the commands of Yeshua are no different to the Father. But let me tell you something. This is not religion. Listen, you might have signed up to religion, but we are proclaiming deliverance from religion. We are called to operate in relationship with a living God. He wants to be reunited with us. That's why the Son came. He paid his price to reestablish the kingdom of Yehovah. So anyway, I just want to start by reading in the, the book of James uh, a scripture we read the other day, but I just want to uh, proclaim that scripture uh, again because, you know, I think it's important that we, uh, you know, just stand upon the word here. So anyway, I'm going to read in uh, verse 19 of James chapter 1. My dear brother, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that Elohim desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Hallelujah. Humbly accept the word 
planted in you. And what we're talking about, we're talking about the mind, a mind made up. Well, what, what, what do you mean by a mind made up? It's not, well, this is what I believe, this is what I think. No, 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 no. We lay down our ideas. We lay down our understanding. We come before the Father. We present worship before the Father. How do we do that? Let's just go to one of our favorite scriptures in uh, Romans chapter 12. I think we shared it yesterday as well in verse 2. But in verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of Elohim's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Elohim. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what Elohim's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You won't have to be in the dark on understanding the will of Yahovah. But listen, if you get angry and you're just trying to work everything out, sort everything out on your own, understanding if you are not accepting the word that's planted within you then you're going to struggle with what is the will of Yahovah concerning your life and we've got to get to the place where we slow down and this is what I love about this scripture take note of this everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak why you've got one mouth and two ears yeah you know the father did that for a purpose so that we listen more than we speak. And in our devotion and time and coming aside, we ask that the Father gives us ears to hear, eyes to see and hearts that understand. We want to be able to focus in the presence of Yahovah. And it's very interesting that when it, you know, it talks about the importance of listening. Yeah, it deals with anger. You know, but what does it say? It it basically says, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So by your speaking, (laughs) you know, especially if you're getting angry about the situation and the things that you're going through and, you know, and you're frustrated. Maybe you're watching right now, you're frustrated spiritually because you just don't understand. Then the word for Yahovah for you tonight is slow down. You know, listen, be slow to speak. Listen, what does the Ruach HaKodesh want to speak to you? You might have made decisions in your life that are so bad that you just can't see a way out. (laughs) Well, that's why we're talking about, oh, breath of Yehovah, the breath of Yehovah. Why? We're talking about prophesy to the breath. Why? Because you might be dead in your transgressions, but through Yeshua, You can come alive again. So what I'm asking for you, for all those who are are tracking with us over the 40 days, maybe you've just joined us for the first day today, you haven't been part of uh, the other three days yet, then I want to encourage you, you know, no matter what you're going through, let's join together as the body of Messiah and press forward in Yeshua's name to see deliverance, to see change, to be transformed to deal with any element that the Holy Spirit wants to bring up to us uh, through these 40 days because your life could depend on it. In fact, I don't think your life could depend on it. You know, I'm not saying it's about this 40 days, but it's 
we need to be obedient to the Spirit and do what He has called us to do. Why? Because our life will depend on it. Because He wants to align us. He wants us to hear and understand what the Spirit is saying. So we stand upon the rock of Yehovah. We don't want to be deceived. This is what we read in Galatians chapter 6 yesterday. Do not be deceived. Elohim is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. And this is where we gain confidence in the transformed life, in being transformed. We don't want to look the same. We want to be different. We gain confidence because we know if we are sowing (laughs) the correct seed, we are going to reap the harvest. So the devil can throw anything at you all day long. People can push you down. You know, we've got so much bullying. We've got so much uh, uh, deception and lying cheats that, you know, what do these bullying, lying, cheating devils want to do? (laughs) They want to invade a body and come against those who are working in the kingdom of Yehovah. The devil wants to destroy you. He wants to take you out and he will use people. But we have to be very careful how we deal with things. You know, don't look at the person and generate hate towards them. Hate the sin. Hate the enemy. But, you know, pray for those who persecute you. Why, why would we pray for those who persecute you? Because they're a lost soul that needs redemption. So in the midst of of all of the assignments that man do against us, we pray for our enemies. Yeshua, reveal your promises to this individual. Why? So they don't end up uh, in hell. They don't end up in death. Why? Because, you know, the whole reason Yeshua came was to deal with the sting of death so that we could be liberated and have eternal life and have the redemption that the Father has given to us. So what is the plan of restoration from the fall of man? It's the plan that was given to Abraham. And I have a message called, Do We Really Understand the Gospel? And in that message, I put the plumb line down of the basic understandings of the gospel So, what's the gospel got to do with Israel? You know, why have we got to be dealing with the kingdom? Why can't we just have salvation, eternal life, you know, get through life, and then when we die, we all get to go to heaven and be with God? Yeah, that's not what it says in the scriptures. You know, that's not what's taken place. You know, because when we die, we are sleeping and then the dead Messiah rise first. Those who are alive are caught up with him for the wedding supper of the Lamb. Then we rule and reign here on earth for the millennial. Then after the millennial, there's a new heaven and a new earth. And we rule and reign with Messiah, with our relationship fully restored on the new earth. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. For what purpose? To dwell in the presence of a mighty God. You know, you go back and read Genesis. I can't find religion. I don't know about you. I can't find religion. What I see is relationship. Yes, I see the establishment of the kingdom of Yehovah on earth. That which is set in heaven. The Father's plan is what is set in heaven 
will be manifested on earth. And you and I are called to rule and reign in earth. So, you know, Adam and Eve, they, they messed it up. They, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. You know, you're not going to partake of the tree of life. You've got a choice. How do you want to live? And Adam made the wrong choice. And this is what we see in kingdom uh, society. It's not that every person is making every individual rule and establishing laws. No, you have certain bodies that establish laws and when they apply those laws it takes into effect for the entire nation and all the citizens of that nation come under those laws that have been passed okay so what we see is we see adam's sin and you know that the sting of death comes into effect no longer are we right standing before the father uh, we, we operate into independence. We lose connection with the kingdom. We're kicked out of the garden, the place of incubation, the, the place uh, to start this establishment of the kingdom of Yehovah being established on the earth through mankind. You're thrown out of the land. Swords of flames of fire. You can't come back into the garden of Eden. You cannot... Um, partake of the tree of life and then you know what does the father do he raises up Abram and says I'm going to make a covenant with you I'm going to bless you I'm going to give you a land this is the restoration plan for the entire world this is not the salvation plan for the Jews you know this is not this this is the salvation plan for the entire world but there's a system that has to be set up to establish the kingdom so that we can have the fullness of the kingdom manifesting in our lives, through our lives, and on the earth. Hallelujah. So you are born for such a time as this. Why? Because you are called to fix a problem. That's why we are here. We are here to bring restoration. Uh, I love what we read in uh, Corinthians yesterday about receiving the ministry of reconciliation between man and Elohim. This is the commission that all of us have. We are all called to be reconciled before God and man. So in Ezekiel chapter 36, what do we see? We see that there's the breakdown of the kingdom of Israel that's separated from the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom. They're separated. In fact, Yahweh is so precise in Jeremiah chapter 3 that he says, I give Israel a certificate of divorce. So the question is, when did Israel marry Yudhavafe? At Mount Sinai, at the giving of the commandments, the Ten Commandments, that's the ketubah. It's the conditions of marriage. Hallelujah. And it wasn't just Israel that was getting married. It was also the multitude of nations who came out of Egypt with, uh, with uh, the descendants of Abraham, with Israel. Wow, they're like, man, I'm not staying back here. Look at the God of Israel. He is incredible. I'm coming out with them. So the, all the tribes of Israel, the whole house of Israel, and those who sojourned amongst them, 
They were all grafted in. They all came into the place of marriage at Mount Sinai. And, you know, this is why Yeshua, when he came along, he didn't come along and, and say, I've come to preach salvation. He only talked about being born again one time in John chapter 3. But why did he put so much emphasis on repent for the kingdom of Elohim is at hand? Why did he do that? Because he says, I have come, but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I have not come uh, for the Jews. I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm going to bring a restoration plan to restore the whole house of Israel. So indirectly, yes, he's come for the Jews, but what, what has he come from? He's come for, from the whole, for the whole world. So before we get into Ezekiel, if we get to Ezekiel, you know, look, this is important that we've got this foundation down because, you know, the reality is the most churches in Christianity, they don't preach this stuff. You know, they'll, they'll preach John chapter 3, verse 16, but they won't preach how to identify what the, the Old Testament, the Tanakh is saying in line with the covenant. So what's your covenant? Oh, I'm in the new covenant. Did you ever you ever driven down the road and you got the church of the new covenant? Do they truly understand what this new covenant is? In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For Elohim so loved the Jews, or so loved Israel. No, for Elohim so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For Elohim did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of Elohim's one and only Son. And this is what's important. You know, we can read the whole chapter. I just want to uh, focus on the point. Um, you know, if we look at uh, Judaism and you look at the scriptures and you look at uh, the confusion that we have within things called Mercianic Judaism, how can we have Mercianic Judaism? That doesn't make sense because we're called to be Mercianic but Judaism clearly, according to the scripture, is a false religion. So why are we embracing the trimmings of Judaism? You can follow the Torah, you can walk in the law without religion, in relationship. Because before Mount Sinai, before Moses wrote things down, you know, there was no written law. There was no, you know, let's, let's all come together and, and go through today's verses. There was no written law. What was it all about? It was all about relationship. So the Father's intention is not religion. Look at religion. Come on, it doesn't matter if it's Christianity, Catholicism, Protestantism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Muslims. It doesn't matter, Baha'i. It doesn't matter what religion out there. The Father's plan is not religion, it's relationship. But there is an order in the kingdom, but that's okay. There's an order in every kingdom. You have your rules, you have your constitution, you have things that are outlined on how you're called to operate within the kingdom. 
So, you know, what we see in John chapter 3, verse 16, that Yehovah so loved the world. But here's the key concerning Israel. You have to be grafted in to the house of Israel. You cannot receive salvation and be separated from Israel. Now, this is not replacement theology. This is theology getting things in line because modern-day Messianic Judaism, what do they teach? They teach that every promise concerning the whole house of Israel, be it the southern kingdom or the northern kingdom, it all belongs to them. And that's just not true. Read the book of Hosea. Read the words of Yeshua when he says, I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's basically saying, I've come from the northern kingdom. And to prove it, I'm not going to stay on First Street at Shalom House in Jerusalem on the penthouse overlooking the temple. No. Where did he reside? He came to the north. He came to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. What's important about him coming to that region is what we find in Matthew chapter 4. So we still haven't read Ezekiel, have we? (laughs) Matthew chapter 4. I tell you, I love the word. (laughs) I love this. Yeshua, he leaves Nazareth, yeah? In verse 12, when Yeshua heard that Yohanan had been put in prison, he returned to the Galilee, leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, Capernaum, uh, which was by the lake, the Galilee, in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Why did he move to that region? The answer is in the scripture, verse 14, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. And then from that time, Yeshua began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So what's he doing in the land of Zebulun and and, and Naphtali? This is the location. This is the place where the northern kingdom was expelled from the land by the Assyrians. Well, by Yehovah. He used the Assyrians to scatter them in the land. Just as we read in the Torah, this was the warnings of Moses. If you do not obey my law, if you don't walk in my ways, I will scatter you in the nations. And, you know, what we see in the book of Hosea is a beautiful picture concerning Israel, not the Jewish people, Israel, the northern kingdom, of how the Father goes after them to bring them back, to restore them. And this is what I love about Ezekiel chapter 37 on the the scripture that um, I quoted in our title um, in verse 9. He said, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come uh, from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. The the valley of the dry bones. We're just going to summarize things here just to keep on line with what we're sharing here because I just want you to capture this. We're not going to read through all of this. But what we see in 36 and 
37, we see what looks like the end, what looks like disaster. Oh, this is terrible. You know, it's the valley of dry bones. Can it be raised up? You know, when Yeshua raised Lazarus from the dead and he called his name, Lazarus, come forth. And he rose from the dead. What did he say? Oh, he's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. Three days he had been in the tomb, just sleeping. He was dead, you know, past the time of the the religious of the day uh, where they believed that the, the spirit left the body. So, oh, Mary, what, Mary and Martha, what are they saying to Yeshua? If you had just been here, oh, Lazarus would have lived. But here's the reality. We have the life of Yahovah dwelling within us. We can prophesy the breath of Yahovah. We can declare his word. So what are we listening for? You know, we want to speak less and listen more. We're listening for the words of Yahovah and his instructions concerning our lives so that we can be effective for the kingdom. One will send a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. I really believe the Father is raising up an army. He's raising up his people. And what we see in Ezekiel chapter 37, we're bouncing all over the place, but just enjoy the ride here. We see exactly what we see in Jeremiah chapter 31 on the new covenant. Okay, so I'm just going to read um, a couple of verses here in verse uh, what do we want to read, in fact? Yeah, let's read from verse 24. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries, and I'll bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. And I will put my spirit in you. And move you to follow my decrees. And be careful to keep my instructions, my law. You will live in the land I gave to your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your Elohim. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing uh, something that's so powerful that the Father is basically saying, I'm going to deal with your sin. And as we go down in 36, uh, if you continue reading in verse 31, then you will remember, <laughs> then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds and you will loathe yourselves. You'll hate yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. Verse 22, I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, O house of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, On that day I cleanse you from all of your sins. I'll cleanse you from all of your sins. Okay, well, I will cleanse you from all of your sins. I will resettle your towns and your ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate 
in the sight of all who pass through it. Why? It's a testimony. If it's all lying desolate, where is the God of Israel? But what's he saying? I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put a new heart in you, renew a right spirit within you. Um, I'm going to remove the heart of stone. I'm, I'm going to bring you to a place where you will recognize your sin. Well, you know, I'm happy sinning. I don't mind. You know, it's okay. I don't feel convicted. Well, you're going to come to a place where you're going to hate the sin within, as we see in Paul in Romans chapter 7. Be ashamed. Be disgraced. Why? Because of your conduct. But here's the good news. There's a day coming where I'm going to cleanse you from all of your sins. Hallelujah. That day has already come. Yeshua has paid the price so that we can walk in victory. So where are you at? Do you feel like you've gone too far that God can't love you anymore? Why would he even care about you because of all the things that you've done in your life? Oh, I was confessing. I was following God. Then I fell, fell, fell. Even if you go all the way to death, you can still be raised up. Death has no sting. That's the very thing that Yeshua had to deal with. He had to deal with the sting of death. You know, when he prophesied in Nazareth and they took him off to the cliff to stone Yeshua when he proclaimed who he was, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, as he read from uh, Isaiah chapter 61. They were so mad, his family members, his local community, that they wanted to run him off a cliff. And they get all the way to the top of the cliff. Yeshua turns around and walks through the crowd. How did he do that? Well, you know, oh, you know, just this special button he pressed that put a shield around him. No. The reason he did it is because he was sinless. Death had no authority to kill Yeshua because he was sinless. And he turned and he walked through the crowd. So how did he die on uh, the execution stake on the cross? What happened there? You know, did someone kill him? He said, no, you don't kill me. I lay my life down. Why? Because I'm perfect. I am the perfect sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. And the only way he could die was to take your sins, my sins, upon himself and to embrace the sins of the whole world. And that's what killed him. But he knew he could not stay in the tomb. Why? Because death has no sting. You're only asleep. Resurrection is guaranteed. Why? You have the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. He is your guaranteed seal of salvation and deliverance. So, of course, the Messiah is going to be raised. Hallelujah. Because he was sinless. Oh, praise the name of Yeshua. We could preach all over the place on what I've just stated there. But, you know, the reason I said all of that is that we are called to be holy. We are called to be set apart in the presence of Yehovah. And as we press in in these 40 days, I don't want you to be excluded because you think. It's okay for you. 
you know, you're walking in the Word. You're, you, you have knowledge of the Scripture. I'm a mess. I'm dealing with drugs. I'm dealing with alcohol. doesn't matter what you're going through. Maybe you've even committed murder and you're like, I've done all these things. There is no hope for me. Well, there was hope for Moses. You know, you know how many times uh, people would be angry at me because I ministered in high security prisons in the UK. I'll never forget this one person coming up to me. How can you? How can you stand there in the front of some of the wor- the, the nation's worst rapists and murderers who, who killed a, a child after raping children and you're standing before those people and bringing the gospel of Yeshua. How can you do that? How can you do that? That's going to be your mindset if you don't understand the work of Yahovah. It was while we were still in our sins that he died for us. None of us deserve salvation. So out of that self-righteousness, you just put that guy just put himself in a position above others. Well, this is not where I've come from. I didn't commit murder. I wasn't involved in rape. Uh, I didn't steal. I didn't do all those things. But what gives the right for those people to receive the gospel message? And uh, these inmates would write to us, and you were never allowed to know their name uh, because obviously many of them were famous in the newspapers because of the sins that they had committed. So we would pray for them based on what their number was, and we would read their mail on their number and we would send messages and discipleship training and minister to them hallelujah look there is hope for everyone so where are you where are you right now what do we see in ezekiel 37 we see dry bones what do you see can these men live (laughs) you know can these men live well only you know god son of man can these bones live verse 3 of 37 I said, O sovereign Yehovah, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to the bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of Yehovah. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you. I will make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put my breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the I am Yehovah. Then you'll know. So no one's gone too far, no one's gone too deep that the Father cannot rescue them. Thank you, Father. So this is what I want to share tonight as we, you know, get ready for you know what we're going to talk on tomorrow. Don't be deceived. Elohim is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will also reap. Don't give death the opportunity to sting you and take you out. Why? Because of the way we live our lives and the sin within our life. So we have got to fight by the power of the Holy Spirit to live clean, to live holy, to walk in his ways. Why? Because if you are walking in the ways of Yahovah, if you are walking as a repentant believer who daily comes before the Father, repenting of your sins, keeping short account before the Father, and walking in His will, walking in His ways. 
then you will know that you are right in the sight of Elohim. And the sting of death cannot affect you. Can't take you out. Oh, brother, I know people who were righteous. I know Keith Green was such a blessing. He's up there on that airplane, dies way too young. I know many uh, mighty people of Elohim who lost their lives in the flesh. But let me tell you something, they're just sleeping. It's not over. The sting of death is gone. So even if your life is taken uh, because of circumstances or whatever happens in your life, you know, why did Keith Green die in that plane, uh, you know, with, with uh, one of his children and uh, friends? Why? Because the plane was overloaded. They broke the law. <laughs> it's overloaded. What a huge tragedy it was to see someone like him uh, you know, taken out. Jewish man as well, Keith Green. So my encouragement today is that we get to the place where we are listening to what the Father is saying. What's he saying? You know, can we hear a message, a prophesy, Son of Man, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Do you believe the promises of Yahovah. Do you believe that we can see a changed world for the purpose of the kingdom? You know, let the dark get darker. Why? Because the light is only going to get lighter. The, the, the believers in China said to the churches of the West, stop praying for persecution to end. It's the very key that is growing the, the fellowships in the land of China. Oh, Father, bless all those people in China. May the persecution come to an end. And the Chinese leaders in the KLA and the assemblies, stop praying that. That's the last thing we want. We want the persecution because the boldness of Yahovah is revealed and more people are coming to faith. Millions. When I was in China a couple of years ago, it was amazing in the underground uh, fellowships and to hear the testimony and one apostolic figure that I met in Shanghai, he's like, oh, we're devastated. We don't know what to do. We're down to one million, uh, you know, uh, cell groups, one million home fellowships. And, oh, it's depressing. Well, let me tell you something. What would your city look like if you had one million fellowships just in your whole community? That's what they have there in China and they think that's bad we'd be rejoicing jumping off the rooftops and they're like oh man things are bad things are going bad so be encouraged no matter how far no matter how deep no matter what you have done in the area of sin come to the father and we speak breath we speak the breath of Yahovah we call on the 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 winds from the four corners of the earth to breathe on you to bring you to the place of restoration. May the blood of Yeshua cover you so that as we go through this journey, we can be effective for the kingdom. Are we giving our time to the kingdom? Are we giving our resources to the kingdom? What are you doing? Are you just living for yourself, doing your own thing? Or are you seeking first the kingdom of Yehovah and his righteousness? Because guess what? All the stuff that you hoarded, that you sought, that you built, thieves can steal it. Rust can destroy it. First build up your treasures in heaven and then the manifestation of what you have on heaven 
will manifest here on the earth and goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Hope you're blessed and encouraged with the message today. We've kind of just done a bit of scattering all over the place, just shotgun preaching tonight, just spraying out whatever the Father wants to say, you know, because the Father knows the hearts of those who are listening and watching. If you're on podcast, welcome. For those who are watching later, welcome. Let's let's get our hearts in order. Let's get ready for what the Father has in store. If you've got testimonies you want to share, you can email me, Kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. If you want to sow a seed <clears throat> and sow into the ministry, it's bulldozerfaith.com forward slash give. And I encourage you, let's be a people who stand together to make a difference. Over these 40 days, what am I standing for? I'm believing it's time for a huge breakthrough of the ministry in the land. Why? We see victory after victory of all of the assignments that come against us. Guess what? <laughs> the only reason we still stand here in the land of Israel is because of Yahovah. And we are confident and rejoicing through these 40 days. Why? We have incredible testimonies, but we also have huge tests and things that we are going through. And we are praying for the Father to bring deliverance, to bring resources and all the things that we need. But we're not going to do it by seeking his hand. We're going to do it by seeking his face. Where there is vision, there will be provision. We will see the court cases and everything that's up against us since 2014. We have been dealing with nonsense that's draining and costing us time and resources. And we are praying for the Father to bring us through the other side. We've got very important uh, dates coming up on the 15th of December and we are praying for a mighty miracle. So this Sabbath, consider your offerings, consider your gifts to build those of faith because in these coming days, you know, we've got this mountain, but it's nothing. It is nothing. Why? Because we have faith in the presence of faith. It's not about how big is your faith. Just the fact that faith is here, we will see the victory and the breakthrough. So I'm, I'm encouraging you. You stand on the promises the Father's given you for your life. Let's stand corporately for the ministry. But let's be a family of Yehovah to see his kingdom come in his will done. So bless you. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. Have a great day as you enter into this time of rest. And may Yehovah richly bless you in everything that you say and everything that you do. Until tomorrow, Shabbat Shalom. Hallelujah.